Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Commiserate. I'm Sam. And I'm Dave. And we are here to talk about, well, so many things. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to cover here. Uh, primarily, the highly anticipated fifth episode of Ahsoka. And this one was hyped up more than any other episode thus far. First first impressions. Initial impressions. Of the, Did it live up to the hype? I think it lived up to the hype. I think it not only lived up to the hype, it may have exceeded the hype. Did, oh, wow. Really? Now, to be fair, I, I, I worked kind of hard on, on this episode. I avoided as many spoilers as possible or like fan theories. Yeah, um, there, was, there was a lot going around. There was uh, a lot of uh, posts saying that, you know, we haven't seen much of the back half of this season uh, advertised as much. There was only like seconds worth shown in the trailers of content that was featured after the fourth episode. So there was a lot, a lot of mystery surrounding this episode. Which I personally love. Uh, A pet peeve of mine is when a movie like trailer basically shows not only the entire plot of the movie, but shows so many scenes in the initial trailer that you already know everything. It just gives it away. You don't have to go to theaters to see it. You Mm -hmm. already saw it in the trailer. And this one, again, was hyped up so much so that it was even given a theatrical release in select cities. When was the last time that you saw a TV show premiered in theaters? Yeah, never. Yeah, it's premiered. I mean, they're like, I think Hey Arnold, the pilot episode of Hey Arnold got a theatrical release. No. There were like a bunch of random uh, Nickelodeon shows. I think like Jimmy Neutron. Wow. Uh, like got like, it was like an episode shown as a short film before. Ah, back like, when, back actual, when television was good. Yeah. Like before the theatrical release of some other movie. But so it has happened, but not like just a theatrical release dedicated to just an episode and this episode only. But this, I mean, the, it was what fifty four minutes, I think. 52, 54. 52. I mean, this was a this was a short film length, right? Um, and just just like surface level initially, the the graphics, the musical score, the acting. Mm-hmm. I the mean, acting was on another AAA. level. Yeah, it was a uh, triple A. You mean okay? <laughs> like, did our car break down? <laughs> no, like triple A, like feature, you know, like a. I'm sorry, it's like a triple A game, like okay. a, like a premiere. Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The I, best. I hear you. Top, tippity top. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just get into the uh, summary. Uh, all we have to go off of is our own notes uh, from this episode. For some reason, my first note that I wrote down is Jason dot 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 an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> um, I knew I was going to have a hard time making sense of my own notes later. Well, but. okay. Now, okay, in this episode, Jason takes a much more um, prominent role um, in some of the... Actually, no, he, he, he plays a main, a main feature in later on. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. He takes center stuff. stage a lot, yeah. Um, I don't think at any moment I don't think at any moment in this episode I said, oh, that was cute. Or, I like Jason. Yeah, I, okay, can we please just get one not annoying kid character in the Star Wars franchise? Is that too much to ask? I feel like it's not. There have been plenty of likable 
kid characters in other movies, other franchises. But Jason, I kept getting reminded of Omega from Bad Batch, which is a whole. Oh other my god, rant. you're talking about Omega! Yeah, I can do anything. I'm Omega. Um, you know, I feel like I, I like that they're trying to include him. Uh, he just kind of feels like cookie cutter, you know, inherited um, the force abilities from his father, which does make sense. But that just that seems to be all they got. Um, but he is a key player in this episode. Yeah. But anyway, that was just my first. I keep trying to convince myself that if this was the anime, if this was Rebels, that I would be much, much more forgiving of his character as kind of like a cartoon little kid. However, it's not. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we even dare to go any further, we need to tell the audience about what we've concocted. Oh, hey, by the way, so because this episode was so special, we wanted to commemorate it, you know, kind of celebrate it. Um, commemorate it, not commiserate it. Commiserate <laughs> little, little, little yeah, bit of column A, a little, little bit of column B. Um, so we actually made, uh, you may be familiar with the the drink from the Star Wars universe known as Spotchka. Uh, it kind of played a much bigger role in like the Mandalorian. It's kind of like I think that's when it was first introduced. Um, it's or... been around in a lot of like the, the Republic Commando like, series, a couple of the books. But like as live um, action. As a live action feature, it, mm-hmm. um, I think Mandalorian really highlighted as a main kind of beverage. And it's pretty easy to make at home. Uh, if you can make your own ginger simple syrup, uh, that was the most work that went into this. But then it's blue curacao, vodka, uh, fresh lime juice. And that ginger simple syrup, and I think that was pretty much it, right? Ice, yeah. cool to temperature, mm-hmm. you know. And, put, and, and yeah, put it all in the shaker, cup. and yeah, and uh, you know, at garnish it with a little uh, lime pinwheel there. You you won't be sorry. You'll feel fancy. It's kind of like a sci-fi margarita. So uh, if you're feeling a little fancy to watch the next episode, I I recommend making this. Yeah, so. yeah. Anytime. I feel like it's a good touch for any Star Wars get together you're having. So. Anyway, that's what we have. And it just, right I'm sorry, it looks so cool. The it blue is so, in the cup, yeah. it looks like something you'd get at, like, you know, Galaxy's Edge or yeah. Disney. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's that's what we're working that's on. That's a good right so, now. So, yeah, so. Anyway, we cut, we pick up where we left off with Ahsoka in the world between worlds, and she comes face to face. I just want to pause here and go, Setos is so beautiful. Like, it's we get cool. a couple of slow pans on, on the, and I'm sad that we didn't have more sequences on this planet because it's just like the leaves and the and, and the cliff sides it's gorgeous um but we get back so Hera shows up with uh, the two two or three remaining x-wings they go down to the planet um they can't find any survivors they can't find Sabine they can't find Ahsoka they do find um Hu Yang, Hu Yang who's holding Sabine's helmet very um depressed yeah i mean he's sad i've never he's, seen a robot sad before yeah he's the only one uh the only droid i've seen who communicates with his eyes you know he's uh and he references he's like i told them to stick together and it was actually sad i was like oh yang it was a moment yeah um but so we do pick up where we left off with ahsoka uh meeting anakin face to face in the world between worlds this sequence, um, 
he says, you know, I'm here to finish your training, which is a callback to what she said in the first episode. Anakin never got to finish my training. And boy, did things. Boy, happen. Howdy. I'm sorry. There's just, there's so much here. Um, so this sequence. Okay, number one, Hayden Christensen. We, can we just talk about him as an actor real quick? He, oh my goodness. No, his costume in this entire sequence are just fantastic. Spot, uh, I, we're, we're, let's delve into that a little <laughs> we're bit. We're talking about his acting. <laughs> let's talk about Hayden Christensen's acting. First things first, his costume. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, getting, I'm just so excited. First things um, first, his hairstyle. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Although I do have notes about his hairstyle. <laughs> First of all, does he condition and what product like, does what he What is use? his secret? Um, Maybe he's bored with it. Hayden, it's me. <laughs> um, Hayden Christensen in this in, in, in his live action sequence just killed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we talked about it actually during the show. He was able to, to get this really nice little balance between... His like the Anakin that we know from Episode Two and Episode Three, the 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 the, 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 the live action. I can't get the words out. I'm so happy. It makes me so sad um, sometimes. Like the Anakin that we know from the live action movies, mm-hmm. and then the Anakin that we know from the animated sequence. Because I feel like they're they're two different people, really. Like the uh, at times, right. at times, sometimes mm-hmm. the way they react to things or act. Yeah. But I feel like Hayden got a perfect balance between the two. Yeah, he does it phenomenally. Uh, he has a really good speech later on in the episode about basically the costs of war. Uh, something along the lines of, you know, I'm trying to teach you the ways of the force, but given the circumstances, I have to teach you how to be a warrior. And uh, it played really well. But it, yeah, again, he's given he's given a lot to work with here and he just eats up every line that he's given. And even the... Uh, the lightsaber duels that take place between him and Ahsoka. I was getting so many flashbacks to episode three. He was able to basically step right back into that energy and the choreography there. And he has not missed a beat. Uh, yeah. The, the action sequences, the, the lightsaber fights are fantastic. Um, so they do this, this really cool little cinematic cut back and forth between Ahsoka's journey in the world between worlds and then Hera and the gang trying to find her. Um, Again, they highlight a, a large feature here with Jason kind of being highlighting his force sensitivity. He keeps, you know, trying to tell his mom, hey, there's something out in the water. There's something out in the ocean. Don't, don't you hear that? Mm. Which I'm I'm sorry. Like if, if a force user tells somebody that's not force, force sensitive, hey, do you hear that? Do you feel that? And they're like, no, you know, because you you have this power that, you know, the sixth sense that I don't have. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just seems kind of cruel. I will say the the way that they played the force theme over the sound of the waves crashing mixed with like it was turning into the lightsaber sounds. That was phenomenally. Again, the, the audio engineering in this episode is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Hera was giving him a chance. She's like, all right, I'll listen with you. Uh, can we talk just for a little bit about Hera's live action design? I feel like we've talked about it before, but. I had someone say to me over uh, this past week, he said, don't you think Hera looks awful in live action? And I was like, I think, I mean, she looks how, uh, like most Twilight's look in live action uh, features. And he says, she was so attractive in Rebels, her design. And I was, 
I was like, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, let's, um, anyway. But I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. Opens up a whole can of words here. <laughs> We're going to talk about who that was later, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, you're that's gonna, You're going to tell me later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know. But I, I, um, I still think she looks fine. No, I, I think her, her, you know, and. And again, we've talked about this in previous episodes, like the switch from a, not just an animated series, but a extremely heavily stylized animated series back to live action. It's a tough jump. It's a, yeah. it's a really tough jump. Um, and we saw that really horrifically in Mandalorian or um, Book of Boba Fett with uh, Cad Bane. Oh. Like his live action perform, his costume was atrocious. It was, um, yeah. Especially when we saw like memes later on of like how it could how they, been. how it could have been yeah. and that was anyway, um, I feel like Hera they they did a really good job with this um, considering the live action Twi'leks that we've seen before and then kind of mirroring her I like all the like the little things you know the orange flight suit pants the uh, the gun holster the leather the, jacket the Purina dog chow logo on her class, jacket you know. Mm-hmm. All the little things <laughs> that make her her. And a lot of things uh, from the animated series did translate very well into live action here. For instance, when Anakin knocks Ahsoka off uh, the path in the world between worlds, uh, I forget specifically what happens. When she landed and like we see her stand up, I even said to you as we were watching, I said, wow, even just the way she stood up just now, it looks like she leapt off of the screen from the Clone Wars series. There were a couple of moments in that, like, I don't want to call it a but then, flashback sequence. It felt like they they moved from the animated sequence, like they had animated sequence, like, scenes. Yeah, but then I said, it looks like she just leapt off the screen of the Clone Wars series. Turns out she literally was, literally because was. we jumped into Which, a flashback. Of the literal Clone Wars and Ahsoka in her child form. This this whole sequence. I'm speechless. I'm absolutely <laughs> rendered speechless because this whole sequence was so fantastic. They they did this phenomenally. Every and can we, I I have to say it. Thank God for Dave Filoni. Like, he is in control of this series. He wrote this. I think he wrote every episode for Ahsoka. Um, wouldn't, but, wouldn't be surprised. But we, this is this is exactly why we need him. Because down to, I mean, he has this incredible eye for detail. Down to, like, the smallest, uh, smallest items here. Like, Anakin's hairstyles, making sure that they were consistent uh, with how they were in the animated series. I told you I was going to talk about Anakin's hairstyles. Um, uh, the clone armor. It was that classic armor that we remember starting from episode two. The beautiful phase one mm-hmm. original from episode two. It just. the Everything about this sequence. Because we. Like we've never seen a live action Ahsoka. Or Ana, like, like from the animated series. And to see them not only come to the screen in person. But just be so accurate right and live up to like there were a couple moments here like oh that yeah that's that's plausible i could see that and and, and the costume design everything just looked even like the makeup i I think we talked about that a little bit later the the makeup is just aesthetics i mean the headpieces they really stepped it up the um 
the young actress who plays young Ahsoka did a phenomenal job. I really is phenomenal. My go-to word. I got to stick. Absolutely. Phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. It's phenomenal. You got to yeah. stick. I mean, it. it's, if it wasn't before our new catchphrase for this series is holy Filoni. Oh yeah. We did say that at the end. We're like, is holy absolutely. Dave Filoni, Batman. <laughs> I think we said that one at the very end. Right at the end. Like, Cause, Filoni. but even, uh, again, these little things, there were uh, tiny like flashes between Anakin and Darth Vader, like that foreshadowing there. And it was legitimately scary whenever they did that. It was done very effectively. No, the um, the I don't even want to call it the, the 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 practical effects to the CGI in this entire sequence is so believable. I, I had a hard time looking like, you know how sometimes even with like Mandalorian, like you, you, you could kind of see, oh, there's like, there's probably where the edge of the, the, the surround TV is. Mm-hmm. That's what like, obviously that rock is hiding the exit door, you know, that yeah. kind of, but in this, it felt so immersive. Mm-hmm. Even uh, we pick up in the siege of Mandalore, which takes place in uh, the seventh season of Clone Wars. And, uh, Again, those little things uh, you pointed out, they had the um, the paint the, on the, the Clone paint, Wars yeah, helmets, which, space again, paint. I still think is a little problematic, but the fact that he remembered to include that was was nice to see still. <laughs> again, the little, it's the little things, but also I think this uh, marks the first live action sequence that we've seen Captain Rex in before. Right. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, yeah. I thought we were going to get to see him uh, with his helmet removed, but it was still, I mean, like... Odds are they couldn't afford um, Tamara Morrison Morrison for this, because they spent all the money on on Hayden. Yep. One line that uh, really jumped out to me uh, when Ahsoka and and I do. I'm sorry, with that... I'm about to say one line that jumps out to me. I'm about to tell you something. I'm here for your lines. Fine, fine, I'll wait. I'm talking about my hero. Fine, okay. Mr. Morrison. The one sequence that they had a couple of, of clone troopers on, like the medevac, and they and they, they had their heads wrapped, uh-huh. like with woundage bandage, um, so that way they didn't have to show you their face. And it was kind of it, that's one of those little things that they do in movies, um, to be able to, you know, the production value keep it cheap and stuff. Which is sad because I would have loved to see, um, Mr. Morrison. <laughs> My hero, the one and only uh, Django Fett. Um, but it was, it, you know, obviously they they had to make production budget cuts at some point. That's true. Did I get to talk about the line sad. that I like? Now, now, Sam, what was that line you wanted to say? <laughs> it was, uh, I think, when Anakin and Ahsoka are talking during the Siege of Mandalore. And uh, she, they're talking about the legacy that they're going to leave behind. And Ahsoka says... My part of that legacy is one of death and war. I was like, man, that line. She delivered it so well. And talking about how everything has come at such a cost. And it kind of gave a little more insight. I feel like extra insight into why she ended up leaving the order later on. It was able to flesh that out a little bit more. This whole sequence. um, It was it was great to see Ahsoka because honestly, throughout the Clone Wars series, uh, Ahsoka becomes a very mature individual, and mm-hmm. I forget sometimes that she's still a teenager. 
-hmm. Like she's, um, and, and later on in the, in the, in the live action sequence on Mandalore, she's, you know, cutting down a couple Mandos. Um, this, I mean, this is not lightweight stuff for a child to deal with mentally, emotionally, even for adults. Um, so to kind of see this, this entire conversation portrayed, it kind of humanized the entire, um, animated series Mm -hmm. and kind of helped you connect with the characters and be like, Oh, that's kind of, I understand more so what's going on inside their head. Well, then it gets to a point where Anakin says, I told you, uh, you either choose to live or to die. And so it culminates in, uh, this big final duel between Anakin and Ahsoka. And again, we're getting, uh, foreshadowing to him becoming Darth Vader, even down to uh, the Sith eyes uh, that they give him to. I thought that was a nice extra touch, but it culminates in Ahsoka, her very emotional line, I I choose to live or I choose life, however she says it. Now, I, I just for the sake of argument, um, I feel like some of the cuts between Anakin and Darth Vader in this dream sequence um, was a bit overplayed. Like it wasn't hinted at. Hmm. It was it was literally like shot one Anakin, shot two Darth Vader. Um, I felt it was a little bit forward on the on the referencing. I mean, I was I was reading an article. It didn't really have too many theories about this episode, um, but part of it was talking about how the majority of people. Well, I wouldn't say majority, but a good chunk of people watching this series know nothing about Ahsoka. I know quite a few people who have never even watched the Clone Wars or Rebels. And so uh, this article was talking about how kind of in line with, I think it was the fifth episode of Book of Boba Fett, how that ended up just focusing on the Mandalorian. Uh, It appears to be a pattern with these fifth episodes that they end up being kind of their own standalone series. And, uh, And I think it was fifth episode of Mando season two that was all about Ahsoka. But basically, they were like, this episode seems like it could give fans, like newer fans, more of an explanation of who Ahsoka is. So maybe they just had to make it more blatant that Anakin was Vader. Just sounds like the uh, the Inquisitor from uh, Mandalorian. Oh, right, then fifth uh, episode, you shall not sister. Be character. <laughs> you shall be about the side character. No. You know, like fifth episode. It was basically all right. So for all you people in the back who are just coming in, this is who Anakin is. He's Darth Vader. In <sighs> case you're, in case you're not sure, they have to do that. I understand. I understand. But do you? I, feel- I don't like it. <laughs> what was that line from uh, from Solo? I agree. I accept it, but I don't like it. Well, yeah. If I had one major complaint about the whole episode, and again, I mean. It's, it's never good when something is hyped up so much because then you feel bad when you have a complaint about it. Um, I I feel like we literally only spent maybe half of the episode in this whole World Between Worlds sequence and then the other half all about Ahsoka um, making contact with the Purgles. I feel like this whole Purgle sequence could have been shrunken down to like maybe five or six minutes but a lot of time is spent on it. A lot of time. You know, I, I wanted more World Between Worlds. I feel like there was so much more potential than what we ended up getting. Don't worry. Like, I, I need to make it clear. I love what we got. I love what we got. I just wanted, I just wanted more. Like, there could have... Because thinking back to the World Between Worlds episode in uh, Rebels, there was so much to explore. 
I know I shouldn't, but I want more. That's what I want more. But I mean, yeah, maybe maybe I should be careful what I no, wish for. You know, and I hesitated to bring this subject up because I feel like we've we've talked about it at length. We've talked about We it. have talked about this. Is the pacing in these episodes um seems to be a little bit off at times. Mm. Um I know the whole sequence looking for Exo- Ahsoka seemed drug out. Um, but they they were establishing kind of the the conflict that Hera has between obeying the New Republic, the thing that she helped build, and listening to uh, and validating like her son as a you know Jedi, and then the whole dream, dream sequence. I again, there was so much potential here. I think they nailed what they did. Um, and I'm interested in seeing how how this is supposed because there were a lot of moments in the dream sequence that honestly I don't understand. Mm. A lot of the things that Anakin said, um, kind of the conversation that it just didn't click right off the bat. And I look forward to seeing how um, if there's more like flashbacks throughout the rest of the season that kind of you know connect the dots. Like, yeah, I'm wondering if we'll see Hayden Christensen uh, show up again. To your point earlier, as far as everything living up to the hype, I would say eighty. I would say ninety percent. Yes, I just wish we that's, could have gotten more. That's being very generous for you. Ninety percent for is, for me, and I, I was gonna say eighty five, but I knew that wow. people would get mad at me. That's and still yell a passing me. grade. You if know? I yeah, that's like an A. You know, do I think it warranted a theatrical release? Probably not. It's still pretty cool that I got that. If we had been spending the I'm entire happy. episode in World Between Worlds. Yes, I'm sure. happy that Hayden got another shot in the theater. You know. Yes, he did. Um, yes, he did. Um, but and also, I will. I have a random note in here about Mon Mothma when she contacts Hera. Mm-hmm. Mon Mothma is starting to really annoy me, just in general, uh, because and I think I touched on this in an earlier earlier episode. She's always been very cautious to a fault. Uh, I feel like she wants to have her cake and eat it too. And and we saw this, you know, in Andor and Rebels, where, you know, she wants to be able to be the one who will speak out and, uh, you know, let her opinion be made heard. But when it comes to taking actual risks, Mon Mothma has no backbone. And she's letting these other senators or advisors call the shots. It, has she ever made any call herself? Like Palpatine's in there saying, I am the Senate. Where's that, Mon Mothma? <laughs> like, because she's overall just kind of a buzzkill thus far. You know, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, still kind of processing it. I understand. The thing is, I, I feel like she takes calculated risks. Like her whole series in Andor, um, she took risks, but... But like discreet, not discreet ones, like like um, for her risky moves, mm-hmm. shifting money, um, taking alliances with the one guy who's like a loan shark and then like risking her daughter's engagement to be able to. Th- those you know, were to, risky to moves. Further. I'm being and too critical. I understand that like at this point, they've built the empire. Now she's she, she shifted from rebellion, um, contact making, network building, rebellion you know, a grassroots rebellion to running a full-fledged uh, democracy in a galactic republic. Like, that's 
Yeah, she's got a she lot of. She has to keep everything that she's built, and that takes a kind of honestly a a more diplomatic approach. I and just, at times, you, you can't be yourself. You have to. I make just, the people I, I just, I just don't enjoy her. No, it's not. But you know what can you do? But you have to have the the conflict of interest for Hera and my yep. Mothma. Thankfully, I you know I'm kind of sad they keep making it my Mothma though. Like, why why would the because at this point she's not the chancellor. The um she is the chancellor. She now. is yeah. Why would the chancellor of the Galactic Republic be calling and 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 doing a a direct personal video call with one general out in the outer rim? I just don't understand the the. Well, she's I'm down sure to they earth. have other people to she's do that. She's relatable. Doesn't she she's have a secretary? Not, you know, Palpatine was never like really available. You know, Mon Mothma was. I, I'm not going to be like him. I, have, I am going I to have, be. I have open my door phone policy. Numbers, I have Palpatine's number right. Yeah, okay? like my people Palpatine. will have me on speed dial. I one note I have on here is: Does Ahsoka speak whale? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that one sequence with the uh, okay, the so if, if you haven't seen the episode, um, if you if you haven't seen the episode and you've really been listening for this really long, are we really going to give a spoiler alert now? Okay, so the the Ahsoka has the bright idea because the the star map is now toast after mm. Balin uh, wrecked it, um, which was really cool actually because it cracked. We get to see the internal like some of the mechanisms and it looked really you know vintagely like steampunk it was kind of cool um but then ahsoka gets the bright idea hey you know we don't have um intergalactic hyperspace travel like like ships or something but we do have uh these giant space fish um so well that's that's what they actually call them they're just gonna go like hitchhike on the head and she's like i'm gonna fly i'm gonna call a very elaborate uber is essentially what extremely um now uh, again with the pacing i feel like this entire sequence went on for really really long it moved as unnecessary it moved as quickly as the purgles themselves a whale pace yeah um but she i mean kind of in a callback to how ezra uh was able to communicate with these animals uh, she does the same, communicating through the force, and she's able to literally hitch a ride with the biggest one. She convinces Huyang to fly directly into this giant whale, and she and Huyang asks, "So where is this going?" She's like, "Oh, I have no idea." That was actually pretty funny the way their whole exchange played out there, but uh, so. They're just going to hopefully end up where Sabine and or Ezra is in I, some I, potentially other galaxy, like Harris said. I know it. I know they didn't mean it, but it's all Disney. It just feels like a lot of Finding Nemo. Like you hop on the whale and you're going to show up in the other galaxy, you know, um, and... I'm glad, like, they didn't have Ahsoka, like, try to talk to the Purgle. Like, they left it all unsaid. It was all just, like, forced contact. That I wish like, we could have. I, I think it would have been too... Do you know where Ezra is? Uh, hey, Filoni, if you're listening, can we uh, can we make this happen? Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but 
and I know I, I feel like I say it in every episode, but I would just like to point out that we are now five out of eight episodes in, and we still have not seen Thrawn okay. or Ezra. We have no Ezra. We have no Thrawn. We lost Sabine. Honestly, it was kind of refreshing not having Sabine, Balin, or uh, Shin. Shin in this episode. Truthfully, it was kind of nice having a break. Not that they're doing anything wrong, but it was nice being able to focus on just like three characters. Two, yeah. Uh, and okay, okay. Know, I'm glad they were able to focus on Ahsoka and Anakin. Yes. Jason, not so much. Jason. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't like the kid. <laughs> it's okay to hate a child, right? The the kid who played him right now is listening to this. You mean you don't like me? No. No, I don't. Yeah. So that uh, that brings us to the end of the episode summary. What were your overall thoughts? Um, this episode, I tried. I tried walking into this with zero expectations. Um, like I knew it was going to be over fifty minutes long. Um, I was excited, you know, from, from the from the last episode. Like what was going to happen next? Um, absolute shocker. Mm. The 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 sequence between the world between worlds was absolutely jaw dropping. Um, for any fans of the show, that the sequences when the first like I know that the moment Ahsoka dropped and the one clone ran past the, the screen, like I was yelling. Like it was beautiful because you know what's about to happen next, um, or at least you think you know. Mm. And then it just blows your mind out of the water. It was great. Um, the the graphics. The CGI, the practical effects, the um, the makeup, the just all fantastic. The music, even like at moments with uh, there were a couple parts with Anakin where they you could tell they 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 were piecemealing some of the original music, like Anakin's theme, uh, the Darth Vader theme, mm-hmm. um, and it just it brings up all that little nostalgia. The acting was incredible. Um, the whole yeah, ten out of ten. Man, good for you. Good for you. I would give it an eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> what? I have to speak for those people. Okay. 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 The sequence with the purple. Okay, nine point five out of ten. Again, if we yes, and it's I'm not saying that okay, anything. Jason, nine. Nine. I'm saying 10, I'm not saying that anything we specifically saw was bad. I'm just saying like uh, the way it was structured. I it, we got like half world between worlds, half you know this whole purgle sequence i would have preferred if we had even if we had just had 75 percent world between worlds 25 percent purgle sequence it was just uneven in my in my eyes but you know honestly i I think for this episode i really uh, the other the other the previous episodes eh, whatever this is the episode that i would like to see the director's cut like like i would like to see like what filoni had wanted this episode to be. Um, and obviously I'm sure he's happy with it because this is the product he made, um, but like the deleted scenes, what, what did they cut from this episode? That's my question. Yeah. If we had, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's all they want. If we had just gotten to see more of world between worlds, more, I don't know, kind of discussion between Anakin and Ahsoka, what we got was fantastic. And, I will say um, we're seeing some legitimate character development with Ahsoka. 
throughout the latter half of this episode, she seems to be, she kind of has more peace of mind. It seems like she's gotten like this closure with Anakin that she hasn't had for what, like 20 years now. So it actually worked for the benefit of the entire series. It wasn't just fan service. It actually served a purpose. And I think they worked with it very effectively. So I just wish that there had been more of a balance in this episode. That's why I have to stick with the eight out of 10. And it doesn't help that this episode in particular was hyped to the max. So that's, that's, that's where I stand. We've, we've got three episodes left. Hey, maybe we'll see Thrawn in like the season finale. (laughs) So I'm going to be mad if if Thrawn doesn't show up at least, at least by episode eight. Don't we see it? Don't we see him in the trailers? I think one or two shows. And maybe, yeah, maybe for like a blanket and miss it because maybe that's literally all they were able to get him for. Um, and at the rate we're going, we're already episode five late. Yeah. I don't have high hopes for the rest, frankly, for the rest of the season, because at this point, um, kind of like um, Mandalorian, I feel like the first couple of, the first season really was just exposition. Yeah. It was just character establish, you know, establishing characters. It was just kind of introducing you to the people and, and the whys and the how they know each other. Um, and it wasn't until the later episodes, the later seasons that you actually started getting into like the storyline um, or more, you know, storytelling. Yeah. World building, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. In... What were your thoughts on this episode? Oh, you're asking the audience. You're not asking me. No. <laughs> like, I already gave Why up. would I ask you? We just spent an hour. I started I getting my you. thoughts. Talk about it. Oh, tell them about what happened to your uh, lightsaber. All right. So... My point of commiseration this week is, um, so uh, last, uh, last year, I uh, went to Disney and, and splurged and went to the, um, oh, I'm blanking, the lightsaber building. Someone's workshop. I forget the- uh, Savvy's workshop. Savvy's workshop. And went through the whole experience. And that was a lot of fun because my, my lightsaber, the, the kit they gave me didn't work. So <laughs> like everyone else like finished building their lightsaber and mine was still in pieces. And they were all like, all That's right, fitting. good job. Thank you for building your lightsaber. Goodbye. And I'm like, dude, my bat, like my battery must be dead or something. Cause anyway, um, so last week I was, uh, I was doing some, some cleaning and I, you know, I was playing with it and the, the blade doesn't light up anymore. Like you, you have the sound and everything. And it's like, gzz, gzz, gzz. And you're like, there's no light there, bro. Um, so I start, I've been taking a couple of, of courses in you know, electronic engineering and I was like, I, I can so fix this. I can take this apart and, and come to find out these lightsabers are built really, really well. Thank you for putting that, uh, oh yeah, I've just been taking a couple of courses, you know, plug in there. What? You think I just take apart things for fun? No. No, I don't. Okay, clear. Try to. Oh, sorry, go on. Okay, so took this thing apart, um, and turns out one of the ribbon connectors tore. So there's and and that's that's my commiseration is the it's a great build like I love the metalwork on it and everything, but there's this one where the lightsaber connects the actual connector like it doesn't lock into the connectors in their final piece like the plate actually spins and then attach that plate like they have the wires soldered. And anytime you have wires moving around, that's just a, that's just a recipe for something breaking. Um, 
Anyway, long story short, I know you're bored. The thing broke, so now I have to fix it. So my lightsaber is not working. So parents, when you bring your kids to Disney and they're begging for you to make an appointment for them at Sabi's workshop to spend, what, 250 It was $250. $250 on one of these lightsabers. Um, maybe just head over to Walmart. Absolutely do it. And do it, one do of it, do instead. it. The experience alone, I would do it again. Actually, I probably will. Next time I go to Disney... <laughs> The, it's just it does fantastic. sound like an awesome experience. Um, highly recommend. <laughs> even even for this right now. But no. Despite well, the pain, it was worth it. Well, hopefully by the time we are watching Ahsoka episode six, it'll be up and running again. And uh yeah, you can you can play right along with the next lightsaber tool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Rightio, folks. That's all I got this week. What, thanks for what thanks a wild for ride. This was, man, what a ride. I can't wait to see the next episode. I, yeah, I, again, I remain cautiously optimistic. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you enjoy our new cover art and our new little intro that we got there. Did you guys like that? Like, clue me in, you guys. I'll, maybe I'll make it a poll. I can add that in Spotify. You can do that? You yeah. can add polls? Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody actually answered, I think, like the default question it asks is what did you think of this week's episode and somebody said i want to be a guest we we, we did talk about this so i, I feel like actually because you bring it up this yeah. is a good time to talk about it so we because this wasn't the first person we've had a couple of people ask like hey when when are you gonna do you know guest stars a couple of people out of our 12 followers but still you know who you are yes um, they asked, Hey, when are you going to have guest speakers? And, and before actually before recording, Sam and I agreed that we're going to get through Ahsoka season one, at least, mm-hmm. um, just us and just kind of be able to focus more on the show itself. Um, and then later on we can think about getting other people involved because you know, Hey, this is what amateurs do. You know, you got to find our rhythm, so. start small and then grow from there, you know? So so, so, you know, once we finish Ahsoka, then we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> oh, actually, so start thinking about, because we're already, you know, five of eight. Um, what do you think we should uh, record next? We definitely want to go through another TV series. Maybe not one that's, like, you know, currently airing, but one that we could just rewatch even until... You know, the next Star Wars original series rolls out. I know we had uh, talked about before um, reviewing the animated Clone Wars mm-hmm. series. Kind of be able to reintroduce some There's of these old... Plenty of material to mine from there. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, or if but you have any other ideas, let yeah. us know. There are other, like, even non-Star Wars related shows that we uh, would be willing to talk about. So, anyway, you guys let us know. And uh, we will see you next week for Ahsoka Episode 6. Have a good weekend.